Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Deborah from Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, we are graced with Gloria Loring today on our airwaves. We're welcoming her back because she's been here before, and we're so happy to have her back to talk about her new book. Daytime audiences know Gloria from her portrayal of Liz and her show-stopping hits that she sang in Blondie's on the hit daytime drama, Days of Our Lives. While Gloria was on Days of Our Lives, she performed Friends and Lovers, which became the most requested song in daytime history on NBC. Gloria then paired with Carl Anderson to record Friends and Lovers as a duet. After finding a small record label to produce and release the single to radio and record stores, Friends and Lovers went number one to become the first song launched from a television network. Raising a Son with Juvenile Diabetes inspired Gloria to write four books about people living with diabetes. This life experience prompted Gloria to become a spokesperson for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Gloria was honored by the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation with a Lifetime Commitment Award and the Founders Award from the National Disease Research Interchange. Additionally, Gloria was also honored with the Woman of Achievement Award by the Miss America Organization. She was listed in the Who's Who in America and Who's Who of American Women. Gloria has written a new book titled Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. In the book, Gloria explains the role coincidence has played in her life as well as shares backstage anecdotes about Days of Our Lives. We will learn more about how the idea for this book took shape, as well as how we can recognize coincidence in our lives. Uh, we are, we are um, uh, graced with her presence at the Ultimate Women's Expo on Saturday, October 27th, at the Los Angeles Convention Center, she will be speaking at 12.30, so don't miss an opportunity to hear this great lady speak. Let's welcome to the airwaves, Gloria Loring. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Deb. Thanks so much. Yes, I'll be just before Regis Philbin. What fun. I'll get to see Regis speak. <laughs> well, I can say that I have heard Gloria speak, and it is a, it is a not-miss situation for sure. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, well, that'll be very nice. We each only have a half an hour, so it's it's not a lot of time, but we can get our point across, I'm sure. So <laughs> it'll be good. Absolutely. Um, Gloria, I understand that the book Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous was 12 years in the making. I know. What was the reason for the delay of putting it out? Oh, it wasn't a delay so much, um, although it certainly from the outside looks like it. Um, it was it was a learning process. Um, when I first wrote the book, uh, the stories, my stories were there. But how I was going to make them useful for other people, I wasn't sure. Um, and, and so then I started to do a lot of research and... It just I, I would write it and then I would put it aside, and then a few years later I'd take it out and I'd had more I had had more experiences to add to it. I think it just took me um, a lot of time, yeah, yeah, a lot of time to grow into the subject to the point where I really feel 
certain in my heart and my gut of what I'm what I'm describing and what I'm speaking of. I've seen enough now that um, I feel a little like Carl Jung when he said, um, "Do you believe in God?" And he said, "No, no, no. I know there is God." And so I know that there is a supreme power, intelligence, presence, goodness, connectedness, um, balance, harmony in the world. And I know for certain that um, it wants us to be connected with what we need and what we need to know and what we need to grow. Um, and and it's just it's been a long time for me to get to that point. I I also think that there was a little trepidation about a book like with this title, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, coming out from an actress-singer person, you know what I mean, songwriter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's titled with a quote by Albert Einstein. Um, So I think I had to grow into my role as um, a spokesperson for what I had to teach. I had to grow into my... um, my certainty, my knowingness, right. if you want to put it that way. Well, that that makes sense. I mean, I, I can understand that. Uh, the word coincidence means something that happens by chance in a surprising or remarkable way. Your book begins with the story of how you raised $1 million for diabetes research. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the coincidence of a certain card showing up in your dressing room titled Expect a Miracle. Can you tell us how this all transpired? Well, I can only tell you that it did transpire. I don't know how it transpired, and I don't believe that the card mysteriously appeared, uh, you know, I mean materialized out of thin air. So somebody put it there. But it appeared um, 24 hours before I met the benefactor who helped underwrite the Days of Our Lives Celebrity Cookbook that I had all ready to go into production, but I had no money for printing. And I kept doing presentations, talking to possible sponsors. I couldn't get anybody to help me pay for the printing. And I remembered thinking, okay, I didn't come this far for this to fail now. Something's got to happen. And, of course, within, I don't know, weeks, a couple of weeks or whatever, something did. This little card shows up in my dressing room. That night after I finished taping Days of Our Lives, I get on an airplane and fly to Houston. And at the end of the day, it was a a Jack Benny Memorial Tennis Classic for Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. At the end of the day, we did a celebrity show. I came down off stage after singing my two songs. And a man is waiting for me at the bottom of the, of the stairs, and he says, Gloria, do you remember me? We start talking. I did remember him. I had flown on his plane. He was a very uh, wealthy and generous human being, uh, just a, one of the best-hearted people you could ever run into. And a little voice in my head kept whispering, tell him about the cookbook. And I'm thinking, who, who is it? who's talking to me? Tell him about the cookbook, you know. And so I finally told him, and I said, and I need the money to print it. I, he said, it's a great idea. And he said, and I said, but I need the money to print it. And he said, well, how much do you need? And I said, well, $40,000 to print 50,000 books. And he said, stop for a second. Then he said, 
well, hell, he said, I'll give you 10. He said, come on, let's go out in the lobby. i got some friends here tonight, and this is Texas. Oh. So we go out, and by the end of the night, I had 17500 And after trying for over six months to get somebody to sponsor it, it was like the, the, the water tap turned on. And just now, suddenly, there was the money. Within four weeks after getting those that first check and, and a couple of checks, I had all the money to print it. We printed 50000 We sold out. We printed another 50000 We sold just about sold out. I think I've got two or three copies left. Two years later, we did volume two of the Days of Our Lives Celebrity Cookbook. And those books, plus one other project I did, raised over a million dollars for diabetes research. Um, and see, the way this ties into coincidence is that when I say coincidence will offer you what you need to know, I thought I was all alone in the world. I grew up in an alcoholic family. Um, I thought that if I didn't, that I had, I was a survivor, that I had to make things happen. Right. And so I was very, um, you know, always interested in making sure everything was patted down. You, you, you could say, I, you know, I, I was always trying to control and, and manifest things. And, you know, that's, that's a very productive person, so that's all good. Sure. But, of course, I would take it a little too far because I was a little nervous about things. Um, but I needed to know that I wasn't alone in the world. I needed to know that I wasn't the only one working on my behalf. And that, and I can see that now looking back. Mm-hmm. And when that card showed up, expect a miracle. From nowhere in particular, 24 hours before I meet the man who helps me keep my promise to my son who'd been diagnosed with diabetes and said, Mama, when are my shots going to be over? And I said, I don't know, but I'm working on it. And in that moment, I decided I need to find some way to raise money for research so that I could actually keep my word to him that I was working on ending his diabetes. And you see, so all of these things unfolded. Now, if it only was that, if it just was the card and the benefactor and the million dollars, that alone could have started me on this journey. But as the years went on, I started to see one after another very important coincidings of meaningful events, meaningful to me. You see, these are very personal um, offerings to us and they come because there are two kinds of coincidences one is a reflective or mirror coincidence and it basically is reflecting back to you something you care enormously about something that's got a big emotional electrical charge for you well certainly my son's diabetes was probably the most emotional thing that had ever happened to me in my life one of the most emotional So this had an enormous emotional charge. I made a promise to him. I'm working on it. And so I set out, and then I took action. You know, we know about the secret, you know, the law of attraction. I took action. And when we take action, we give the, the supreme intelligence that created everything in the universe, including us, the opportunity to respond in kind. So there's a mirror or reflective reflection coincidence, and the other one is a guidance coincidence. It's those moments, and we've all had them, when we're stuck. We don't know what to do. Our mind is going around like a carousel of confusion, and we don't know how to make a decision, or we don't know who to turn to, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and the perfect person calls, or... 
a song comes on the radio or a book title or someone calls and says, I just read a book you've got to read. Or we go to, you know, pick up a piece of equipment as I did the other day from a friend and I was there was something I was concerned about and she started talking to me about something and it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I said, Here here you are. I love it. Coincidence. Coinciding of meaningful events. You see, because it isn't it isn't just that this this um beingness, this presence called that we denote as God, um, it's so much bigger than any word we could possibly put on it. Right. It it's not just that that this um, is outside of us. It is inside of us. We are, it is a continuum with us. We have access to it. It speaks to us through intuition. It speaks to us through our longings and our desires. Now, sometimes we misinterpret those desires. We may have a longing, a desire to be valuable, to be important. But because of things that have happened along the way, we take that very good desire to be valuable and, and important in the world and contribute or to to be respected or whatever and, and we we twist it and we get involved in the wrong way to be respected by the wrong people or the wrong way to be the, the unfortunate way to be important. Maybe you know, you wind up feeling important because you can steal things when nobody's looking. Or you know, or you feel important by taking drugs and forgetting your problems and feeling like you're bigger than than your problems, and, um, or you put other people down, or you put yourself down, um, and, and thereby you think you're having humility, when in truth that's not humility. That's, that's a fault. Putting yourself down, that negativity, is a false humility. So, you know, these desires, these, these impulses that come up from us um, are for our own good in many ways. They are about good but they often get misinterpreted. Um, we find ways of surviving that are necessary at the time, but then we outgrow them, but we forget to change the survival mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And coincidence will let us know when we're on the wrong path because we will keep attracting the sort of painful circumstance that gives us an opportunity to look at you know why why do I have all these angry people in my life? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I still have residual anger in me. Maybe there was someone in my life who was angry. I have not given and let go of, and I keep attracting this anger. I mean, these are very solid psychological principles as well as spiritual principles. Mm. fascinating uh. It's, okay, so another thing that was fascinating was that you used songs you have written as the chapters for the book. Yes, I use them as accompaniment to the. Actually, this is maybe the first book ever with its own soundtrack. Um, every chapter has a song, an original song that I uh, was a part of writing. I uh, usually wrote the lyrics uh, or lyrics and some of the music. Um, and they're all the songs are contained on a CD called Turn the Page, which I actually produced quite a few years ago when I first started writing the book because I was under the illusion that the book and the CD were all going to get finished in one year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew a whole lot more about writing music than I knew about writing this subject. And I had a whole lot more confidence in myself as a musician and a singer, having done it for so long, than I had as 
a teacher of very high um high and deep spiritual principles and and uh philosophical principles also right well it was just it was fascinating but i mean did you did you do it in did you write it in terms of did you do that as a result of wanting to have a soundtrack that accompanied the book no it all sort of came in in a great a swoosh of creative endeavor. Um, I was writing for the first time in my life. I was. I decided I was going to write a, a, an entire uh, CD of songs, and I was uh, of all that I, all that I had a hand in writing. I'd always, you know, done mostly songs that other people had written, and it was at that same time, out of that creative um, impulse that I started writing these stories down. And I noticed that the songs that I was writing, of course, because these were things that were on my mind and in my heart, that the songs and stories had coherences, had alignments, continuities. And so I started to lay it out, and I went, well, this well, this song is perfect for this chapter, and this song, wow, you know, that really goes with that chapter. And so there they were. They just kind of all fell into place. Um, but then, of course, the chapters changed and grew, but the basic principles um, were still there and still had a continuity. I mean, there's a, a song I wrote called I Hear You Calling Everywhere, and it's, you know, you could call it God, you could call it goodness, you could call it the Christ, you could call it the Guru, you could call it the Buddha, you call it whatever you want, but it's that, it's that call to goodness that is there in the universe. It's that call to balance. It's that call to harmony. It's that call to peace. And I wrote this song, In every earth, in every morning's mountain light, in every evening's lullaby, oh, I hear you calling everywhere. And so I wrote this beautiful, sweet little song, and of course, there are chapters in the book that that was that was a wonderful song to put with that chapter. Um, so it just was sort of a it just it all worked together, and it and it worked together because it was coming out of me. It was coming out of the things I was thinking about, and and uh, events and people and circumstances that I was dealing with in my own life. Right, right. That's it's just amazing, amazing. Um, has there ever been a case that you have experienced where coincidence has not led to a positive outcome? Well, it depends on what you call a positive outcome. Okay. Um, you know, there are many things that come into our lives that um, are are enormously painful. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the coinciding of meaningful events doesn't say the coinciding of perfectly joyous meaningful events. <laughs> right. Um, you know, there were people who were who missed being in the Twin Towers yes. on September 11th, and there were people who, by a coincidence of fate, were there only that morning. Right. Um, we don't understand why. That's a bigger picture than we can grasp. But as as my sister and I talked about, I lost my sister um, six months ago tomorrow. Um, she passed on. 
Um, and she said to me at one point as I was writing the book, and she never did get to read it. She just wasn't oh. feeling up to up to it at that point, and I was trying to finish it and all of that and, you know, get the editing done. And I said, oh, we're almost done with the editing, and I'll have it ready, and then she didn't make it in time to – she didn't, wasn't able to stay long enough with us to read it, but that's okay. My book is dedicated to her. But um, she asked me, she yeah. said, but what about the bad things that happen? Um what what are we supposed to get from them? And I said, well, she said, why do they happen to us? And and you know the 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 unfortunate what we would call unfortunate coincidings. Um, we don't know. Maybe there are things we're supposed to give up in this life. Maybe mm-hmm. there are, there are people and circumstances that are supposed to be swept away. What we can do in those times, and we see it whenever whenever you look at somebody who's done something heroic. They've right. faced some great challenge, some great, you know, they lost both their legs in Iraq or they, um, their house burned down and, or, or, you know, the child lost a parent and, and, and other family members took care, stepped up and became heroes in that child's life by filling in. You know, people took a difficult circumstance and stepped right. up to an even, even greater vision of themselves. So ultimately, it maybe it's not for us to know. And, you know, asking that question, why me? Oh, it's so defeating. You know, why me? Uh, and we, yeah. get, we get into kind of a victim mentality. There's another way to ask that question, and that is to say with strength, yes, why me? Why has this been brought into my life? What is it trying to teach me? What might I want to learn from it? I'll give you the example of my sister. Um, my sister, and she and I talked about this. She spent the last six weeks of her life in my home, and we had so much time, sweet, quiet time together. Um, and, you know, she had always tried to be everything for everybody else. She mm-hmm. had rushed around trying to be a great mom, trying to be a great businesswoman, trying to be a great friend. If she had five minutes off, she she threw a party, you know. <laughs> I mean, she was just... <laughs> She was this amazing whirlwind of productivity and sweetness and happiness. But there was a lot of stuff inside of her that was unresolved from, from our childhood, her her part of our joint childhood and whatever, because I was quite a, quite a, quite a bit older than her. But um, the minute she was diagnosed, she said, that's it. I'm going to do the things I want to do now. I've lived my life for everybody else. And she, it wasn't that she forgot her children or forgot she was still a mom and everything else, but she had been trying to stop working for five years. She was pulled apart by the demands of trying to be a mother and trying to run an agency, uh, an advertising agency. It was just, it just pulled her apart. She said, that's it. She spent an enormous amount of time in spiritual study, meditation, um, taking classes, studying the deepest principles of, of the spirit. Um, and by the time she left, it wouldn't, in, 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 one, in the spiritual sense, in, the, in, in like the, the energy sense, it wouldn't have mattered whether she'd lived to 92 or 52 as she did. She was so complete in her life because among the last things she said in the, her last 24 hours was when she knew that, she probably wasn't going to make it, and they were going to do palliative care. There was nothing more the doctors could do. She said, that's okay. I'm with God, and my God is good. Uh, now, 
Can how many of us facing okay. our own um ending of being in this body in this vehicle um how many of us can know for sure we're going to be there my sister was there my sister served as a shining example to everyone around her so we can say not why did this happen to peggy but what it did was it catapulted peggy into a very deep examination of her life Everything that had not gone well, she worked diligently on forgiveness and letting go. Um, she was an example to everyone around her. And, I mean, that's heroic, is to take the most difficult circumstance and become even more than you've ever been before. Right. And so there's there's the way coincidence can serve us. Beautiful. 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 Unbelievable. Um, do you uh, how how would you get someone to buy your book uh, in spite of the title <laughs> okay in spite of the title <laughs> I would tell them there's lots of behind the scenes dish about days of our lives <laughs> I would tell them they'll learn a lot more about Gloria Loring than maybe they ever wanted to know. <laughs> they'll, they'll read some fabulous song lyrics. There'll be a lot of chuckles. There will be some chuckles along the way because um, I have a funny sense of humor. Actually, on the ver- page one of my book, I, I say, you know, it took me a long time to, to write this book. One of the reasons that I was I once read in Vanity Fair that you should not write an autobiography unless you've had a junior high gym named after you. <laughs> and, I said, and, I, and then I went on to say, even without the junior high gym attainment, I just had the feeling I had to write this book. <laughs> well, actually, I, I left out a, a key word. How would you convince someone to buy this book in spite of a title that doesn't believe in God? That's what I forgot to add. Well, they the don't have to God. believe. You don't have to believe in gravity, do you? It works. No. <laughs> there is goodness in the world. There is connection in the world. Anybody, and and plus, it uh, some of the onus is taken off of it because it's a quote by Albert Einstein, for God's sake. Right. right. You know, it's right. Albert. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he was a scientist. See, that's what I loved about it. It was the the, um, the 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 confluence of science and mystery. The mystery of that which created us, that which sustains us, that which makes our heart beat, which right. makes our organs function. We don't do that. Right. How can I? I you know, I mean, it's a fascinating subject. Yeah, it is. It is. It truly is. Uh, uh, and my my book. Uh, somebody asked me, "Is is this a Christian book?" And I said, "No, it's an ecumenically inclusive book." Mm-hmm. I actually have several cha- uh, several paragraphs about all the different names for God in Sanskrit, the world's oldest language. Um, there's a there's a chant called the Thousand Names of God. Oh wow! So you know, we have so many ways of understanding this and and some of us 
have chosen to be very exclusive. No, if you don't belong to our club, you don't get to go to, you know, the top of the hill. Oh, okay. Well, you go ahead and believe that. That's okay. All right. Good. It, you know, whatever. But, but you know, there are billions of us. And I don't know that there are that many of us who believe exactly the same thing. I think there mm-hmm. are probably slightly unique versions, even among Christians all going to the same church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, following the same particular minister. Um, they may all align, but they may have a doubt here or there. Or, a, gosh, I don't, I don't understand that yet. That's okay. It's just, it's like gravity. You don't have to have a word for it. You don't have to believe in it for it to work. We know that coincidences happen. So you can attribute them to some great mysterious power. You can decide it's some guy sitting on a throne pointing a finger and zapping you and healing the other one over there. Whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. The point is, when we start to live from the truth of what actually happens in our lives, we start to do what I call, and we start to practice EBL, E-B as in boy, L, evidence-based living. We take the evidence that comes into our life. The person we need shows up. We're thinking about so-and-so just when we needed the most. And the phone, I was thinking about something the other day, and, and, you know, gosh, I wish I could just connect with rah, 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 rah. And a person I used to work with who does exactly that called me out of the blue. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Yeah. And the more you look for it, the more you will see it. The more, I'm not saying the more you look for it, the more you will cause it. No. But goodness is coming into our lives all the time. But if we don't stop to say thank you, a friend of mine, um, I remember her, her company was, she was really needed some new business. And I said, well, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you write down the kinds of clients you want, the kinds of services, the kind of relationship, just write a little few paragraphs about what, what you want to come into your business at this point. Within the week, two new clients showed up, and I sat with talked to her. She said, you won't believe this. I said, oh, yes, I will. Uh, she said, I got two new clients this week. I said, that's fabulous. I said, did you remember to say thank you? She said, that's funny. I actually did. She said, I opened my office window and yelled out the window, thank you. <laughs> so you know what? what? Here, so here's the, here's the point. When we believe in goodness, when we believe in our connection to goodness, we have a happier life. We see it in others. We help them see it in themselves. You know, don't complain about the world if you're not doing something within yourself to change the perspective, the tone in the mm-hmm. world. If if you've got to be either far over here or far to one wall or far to the other wall and everybody at the other wall is wrong and all your guys are 100% right, you know, you're not looking closely enough. Right. There's, there's good in everybody. I mean, the candidates that are out here, you know, I don't agree with some of their perspectives. Right. And I can say, ah, that's, yeah, I see where you're getting your numbers, but that's not quite the way it works out. But... But I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the process, and and I know everybody's doing what they believe in somehow. 
Mm-hmm. And even if it's just that they believe that they need to be as powerful as possible, well, that's their belief, as opposed to as beneficial as possible. You know. Right. So, uh, you know, just just put one foot in front of the other and look for those times you feel connected. When we feel connected, we feel happy. We're more in our true self. We're more connected to our original space that came into this life, when you look in the eyes of a baby, a little child, there's so much clarity and joy. Mm-hmm. If they haven't been harmed, if they've just come in, they just look you, they like stare right into the depths of your soul. Mm-hmm. There's no, There are no filters on them yet. Mm-hmm. And then stuff happens or doesn't happen, whatever, and, and they they learn, oh, you're clumsy, you're stupid, you're smart, you're witty, you're this, you're that, you're an artist, you're not. You know, they learn these things and, 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 or, you know, somebody's an alcoholic in the family and they learn they can't trust what they see. And so they learn or they, ideas they brought in with them get exacerbated. And, and so you go, you go forward and you say, okay, is, do I still need to hold on to that? Or can I return somewhat more to my original self before Somebody said, oh, there's no such thing as purple trees when you were six. And you go, oh, I can't paint. I'm not creative. I shouldn't, I'll, oh, I'll never do that again. But you liked it. But you said, oh, no, but no, they said, I don't, I, I'm not good enough for that. We bought somebody else's lie. Right. And the opportunity in this life is to divest ourselves of those lies. And the, the way you know that they're lies is because they make you cry. The lies about us cause us grief. And that grief is a sign that we're not in touch with our original self, with our true self. Right. So this is a whole this is subject of a whole other book I'm gonna write called Lessons from a Soap Opera, How to Drop the Drama. It's about our original self, that self, that unencumbered self that we brought in, that self that was connected to pure goodness. Love it. Love it, love it. Now uh, last question, because I, I know you're very busy. Um, what do you want people to take most from this book? I would hope they would start to pay attention. They would they would have a little more attention or perhaps be inspired to have a little more attention on how much goodness there is in their lives. We do spend an awful lot of time watching for what isn't happening right. Right. you know well i didn't get my car broke down i didn't get the raise my child got kicked out of class today <laughs> you know and then we let one thing you know spoil the whole day as opposed to we had a, a, a day when we found the parking place we wanted and the check came through and the this and that and then but we focus on the one thing that didn't go well and and also to know that most things work out well. Most everything. What oh that wonderful quote from the the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, the young Indian fellow who owns the hotel, he says, In the end everything works out fine. And if it's not yet fine, it's not the end. The end. <laughs> I love that. So most everything I can't tell you how much time I had wasted in or my early years of my life worrying and tossing and turning mm-hmm. and being so so certain that the worst was going to happen when 
sooner or later, everything turned out really well, you know? Mm-hmm. Really yeah. well. So, you know, I I hope that they would get that. Right. right. I hope well. that they would get that. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on and talking about this amazing book. Again, it's called Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. And your CD can also, Turn the Page, can also be found on iTunes as well as GloriaLoring.com. We want to thank you again. Thank you so much. And uh, we'd love to have you back when you have your next book or your next film or <laughs> whatever you, you have going on. Um, would you just hold on for a moment and then I will I will uh, end the show with them and I'll be right back with you if you would. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a great day. And remember to purchase Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous by Gloria Loring. Have a great day. <laughs>